You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. All right. So for our Hall of Fame audio clip of the day, I picked this one for a very specific reason. And it's from Jacksonville Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson. And our audience may be saying, why? Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. (laughs) And And I'm here to answer that question because the Jacksonville Jaguars won their division yesterday and are going back to the playoffs. And I think that a lot of what's going on in Jacksonville can be a model used for what's going on in Atlanta. They found the right head coach. They developed their quarterback to now at a level where people say that was the right pick. He's going to be a star, if not now, at some point. And the messaging around the team completely changed. When you saw the transition from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson, the culture shift, the identity shift, everything that happened around that team changed instantly and I think that's a lot of what Arthur Smith has brought to the Falcons in his first couple years on the job so I think after you hear this soundbite of Doug Peterson this could be us one year from now think about back in April and May when we first got together you know you're trying to teach a winning culture you're trying to flip you know a script so to speak and and uh, you're just not sure until you start playing games, just how that's going to look. And, you know, listen, these guys, they, they, they trust in me. I trust in them. Um, you know, and they never, never wavered. And, and to get a game like this, you know, down the stretch, I mean, it's just, uh, it's pretty incredible. So Mike, I think that could be an exact replica of an Arthur Smith soundbite one year from now. I think it could be too. Um, in some ways, I think the Falcons are even a little bit better positioned than maybe the Jaguars were coming into this year. In some ways, maybe the Jaguars are a little bit better positioned. I think the Jaguars have more certainty at the quarterback position. But, man, Doug Peterson can coach. And I think Arthur Smith can coach. I mean, look, there's no moral victories in the NFL. However... To, to come out of this season considering the roster you had, the injuries you sustained, not insignificant injuries. Mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts, uh, you, you go down the list, not insignificant injuries. Cordero Patterson missed quite a bit of time. 
And you lose your number one receiver to something that's never happened in the NFL before. Exactly. Uh, you look at the schedule you played where you had to play six games against playoff teams. And it among NFC playoff teams, you went three and one, by the way, which I think is remarkable. Um, you know, how do you justify the Falcons dominating San Francisco the way they did now? You know, how do you justify the Falcons going into Seattle and winning now? And ultimately, it was a season that came down, and we, in 2020 hindsight, it was the season that came down to one game. It was the game in early October against Tampa where Grady Jarrett got called for that roughing the passer. If the Falcons win that game, and I'm not saying they would have if that penalty was not called, but if the Falcons had won that game and every other result across the NFL would have been the same, the Falcons would be NFC South champions and they would be hosting the Dallas Cowboys Monday night. That's how close it was. Um, I think Arthur Smith deserves a ton of credit. He really did a good coaching job this year. Um, now you have the luxury of having money to spend and a pretty good you know, first-round draft pick at least to address your needs. So I, I agree. I think the runway is there for Arthur Smith to sound very much the same way next year that Doug Peterson sounded this year. I think Arthur Smith is already trying to um, install that winning culture that Doug Peterson talked about. Yeah. On another note, I feel like every week during this segment, we end up hearing from an AFC South coach. <laughs> Don't you feel like we've had Jeff Saturday once? Jeff Saturday, yep. Uh, now Doug Peterson, uh, I mean, maybe we'll get Mike Vrabel on Wednesday. I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> maybe if, if he gets fired, we won't <laughs> No, that's true. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he should be fired, but, um, I, I almost feel like this has been our AFC South spotlight corner the last couple of shows, <laughs> you know, complete coincidence. Uh, well, you know, when they've had a lot of news coming out of that, coming out Absolutely. of that division right there and there the will be Texans? How about the Texans blowing the number one overall pick by executing a Hail Mary and then firing their coach? You know, and and you knew they would. um, Bad organizations produce bad results. Yep. That's that's what you need to to keep in mind. There's a reason why, you know, the, the teams that we're talking about now, the Jaguars, celebrating a rare postseason birth is such a big deal because on average on aggregate to use a term from your world the soccer world they're bad (laughs) they're they're not good they're poorly run organizations and that's why to see a team like the Colts this season be such a dumpster fire is also an outlier because they're usually a really well-run organization so yeah. you have you have a division like that who's so topsy turvy where everything sort of was up in the air, but that's just a mirror image of the division that the Falcons play in. What's strange though, Chris, is uh, would you agree with me that you consider the Falcons to be a well-run organization? Uh, yes, been a few lean years now, but overall, yes. Because that's the funny thing—they've missed the playoffs five years in a row. But I do consider them to be a well-run organization. It's a little bit difficult to square, um, right. you know, and and maybe that transition two years ago where they just kind of had to blow everything up and and hire a new GM and new coach, 
Uh, you almost have to disregard the prior three years. I, I don't know. Um, I will say this, and it's a topic we'll get into a lot on the radio station over the next couple months. This is a do-or-die year coming up now for Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot. Yep. It can't be a seven-win season. Uh, it's got to be a playoff or bust type mentality. Um, and, you know, hopefully the GM nails it with what he has to do now over the next couple months in bringing in draft picks and free agents. If he does, I think the Falcons are very, very well positioned in a division that even this year was quite winnable. While we have an extra minute or two, what are your thoughts on uh, Rich McKay's maneuver during the organization? Uh, this is something that you, yeah. you're the right person to explain something. Yeah, like honestly, that. I don't, I don't really think it's a significant story. Um, he's, I think a lot of very good people in the organization uh, got some new titles, but essentially their jobs remain mostly the same. Um, you know, Steve Cannon still. Uh, has Rich McKay reporting to him. Rich McKay still has Greg Beatles reporting to him. It's just everyone has new titles. I don't necessarily think this is a precursor to Rich McKay throttling back his duties with the Falcons. I don't think he's going to be stepping off the competition committee or anything like that. I think it's a great bump for uh, a real self-made success story in Greg Beatles, who started with the Falcons as an intern almost 30 years ago and is now hmm. team president. But I still really believe um, your Rich McKay, I think, is still going to be on the competition committee. I still think if something goes wrong with the team, Rich McKay is the guy who's going to step in first, um, as it was a couple of years ago when um, uh, Thomas Dimitrov was fired. So I'm not getting too wrapped up in that press release today. I think it's good news for a lot of good people. Uh, who hopefully will get some better paychecks, but I don't necessarily know if if the duties and the responsibilities are going to change dramatically as as a result of this. And that's why we bring you in because you can provide that sort of insight and education. Hey, I could be totally wrong too, but that's just the way I read it based on um, everything I know. Like they love to reorganize over there. Uh, I, I feel like AMBSC they they reorganize two or three times a year, so. Uh, this feels like another reorganization where, uh, again, really good people like Tim Zelaski, who we deal with a lot here at the radio station. Uh, he got a, a new title out of this. Great for him. Uh, Greg Beatles, as I mentioned, great for him. Love seeing good things happen to good people. Uh, but I think as far as the day-to-day faces that we're used to seeing, I don't think a whole lot of that's going to change. All right. Well, that will do it for the latest episode of the off air podcast. Next time we speak to everyone, Mike, will Georgia be back to back champions? We shall see. Spoiler alert. They will be. Okay. Well, I'll <laughs> clip th- I'll clip this and pull it for you for when we record in a couple days. Follow him at Mike Conti 929. I am at C Thomas radio. This has been the off air podcast.